So this is way different than what most people do. Most people just start testing buttons, maybe prices, maybe some headlines, but they're not testing concept. And that's the most important part. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. Great show today. My guest is Tyler Bramlett. Tyler's a really cool guy. He's in the fitness space and he's a real renegade because he doesn't rely on all the copywriting norms and all the marketing norms to decide what's going to work for his business. He does some really innovative stuff is really great at sharing his personal stories, uh, making the most of dramatic moments in his life to engage his audience. And he's done quite well for himself. Proud to have him on the show today. So Tyler, thanks for being on, bro. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Kevin. I appreciate it. Yeah, this will be fun, man. So take us back to the beginning. What were you doing before you discovered <laughs> this, this magical internet marketing thing? Well, you know, it's so funny. Like, I wanted to do internet marketing a long time ago. Like, I remember I went to my first internet marketing conference in 2005, right? And I was like looking at all these guys making five, 10, 20, 50,000, 80,000 a month online. And my head was exploding, right? Because, I mean, at the time I was a rock drummer and I was working construction jobs. So, you know, I'm making a couple grand a month, busting my back and then traveling around the world to play music and coming back broker than when I left, right? <laughs> so uh, I was just like, man, I really want to do this. I was passionate about fitness. I really wanted to get kind of into that game. But then lo and behold, it just it's one of those things where you first start thinking about this and it just seems like an, like an impossible task. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, ah, I just, it's so much that I can't even get started. And that's like, honestly, if I were to share some wisdom, that's like mistake number one. It is a lot, but just get started. Like, right. that's the reality. I was just on a different call the other day um, where I was being interviewed, and I was sharing the same thing. Like, you just got to do it. Like, set aside a couple hours a day just to, like, write copy for your first product. Yeah, and just, yeah. Just do it, you know? So, so I didn't make, I made that mistake. Um, tried to be the rock drummer for a little while, realized I hated being broke. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to go in on this construction thing, try to make more money, started working real hard. And that's where I kind of developed my work ethic was just like, hey, the more I work, the more I make, and I'm willing to work seven days a week. I'm willing to work overtime, whatever it takes, you know, and I was doing it with my body at the time. And then a few years later, uh, all of a sudden I get laid off, right? Just the, the economy had tanked, especially with construction in California. And I, you know, there's just no work, right? And I was, I remember going home and I like sat down on my bed and I cried and my wife came in and she's like, she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I lost my job. Like, no, I can't provide. Like I feel, so, you know, as a man, like you feel really terrible when that kind of thing happens. Yeah. And she did the, she did me the greatest disservice um, or greatest service ever. Uh, she looked at me in the eyes and she, she said, you know, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. You're better than that. You can, you can do better than that. Wow. And that was like the moment I was like, the fire got lit inside me to be an entrepreneur, to do what I really was passionate about. So I um I found some side jobs doing construction. I'm not gonna lie, you know, had to had to had sure. to put put some food on the table. But at the same time, I was like, I'm gonna do the personal training thing. So I started uh, training people, and then an opportunity kind of fell into my lap where I could uh, open a a boot camp program through a local gym. So the beautiful part about this is they already had customers. I just needed to figure out how to get the customers to pay me more money to do some small group training kind of classes. 
And so we opened that up, and I'll never forget this, Kevin. This was my first like venture outside of like paid by the hour kind of thing. Mm. I worked my butt off to set up these systems and forms and like a, like you know a crappy sales funnel, you know where I was at at the time, and and uh, I worked like two hundred hours to before the whole thing set up, and we launched the whole program. And I remember looking after the first thirty days, and I had made four hundred dollars, right? Because a lot of it was like trials and all this crap, right? So yeah. I'm sitting there going, I made two dollars an hour, but I'm like, I got to keep doing, it. I got to mm. keep doing it. So within three months. That number had changed. The comma had moved over. We're making about four thousand dollars, and I was like, "I need more trainers because this place had four gyms." So I was like, "Okay, I'm only at one gym. What if I what if I open one of these at four gyms, get some trainers? I'm not doing the work, and I can have more time to do the sales." So over the course of a year or so, we kind of opened it up across several facilities and ended up having around three hundred clients uh, and and making a lot more money. Right. So the the comma moved over again, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm this genius businessman. Here I am." In my- <laughs> early 20s and we're making you know $100,000 a year doing what I love. Mm. And then uh, an unfortunate event happened, right? Mm. So at the time I was working really, really, really hard. Like I was going to work at 6 a.m. and teaching some classes all over at these gyms, making sure the programs are working well and selling people face-to-face and like a lot of, lot of footwork, right? Yeah. And then I go decide to do some adult gymnastic class, which my wife warned me not to do because I'm like 6'1", 200 pounds. <laughs> You're too big for gymnastics, right? So uh, I went in there and I, I did a move and I came down. I just completely destroyed my knee, right? And next thing I know, I find myself on a couch. And my knee in the splint and I have to go get a surgery. And, uh, and it's like figure out how to run your business from a laptop mm. or go belly up, mm. right? And so I'm like, God, I got to build this sales funnel stuff. And I, like I said, I had, I, it, it was on my radar. Sales funnels and, and, uh, and, and internet marketing was on my radar. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take a stab at building a funnel that works without me. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I built like a mailer that goes so, to – And this is with – you have no product at the time or, or, or anything no, this yet. Is, this is pre, pre-actual making – this is my like uh, – you know how they say you're an overnight success? People would call me that because I only made my first sale like of an online product a couple years ago. Right. right? And now we're already doing, you know, multiple seven figures. Yeah. But I mean, this is the prelims that got me to where I could actually write copy, right? So, right. I mean, you sell, you, the reality, I'm in the fitness industry, right? Or the health yeah. industry. If you sit across from people and you sell a thousand people on a boot camp program by overcoming objections, you got a pretty good feel for how to write copy for those people, right? Right. right so right. That, that's how I really learned how to write was selling face to face initially and overcoming objections real time. So anyways, um, so yes, yeah, so I built a funnel on my laptop and I started running it and, and within a few months, probably three or four months, I was able to work like 10 hours a week on that bootcamp business, right? And I was like, this is incredible. Like we're making the same amount of money. The growth is slightly slower, but I only have to work 10 hours a week just to manage everything and make sure everything's smooth. So I was like, man, I need to start another business. And I've always been interested in online. So I jumped into online space. Uh, both feet first and made some huge mistakes, which was like investing a shit ton of money in a product and like building out the product <laughs> and the product and the product. I, mean, I think I spent like $30,000 mm, building yeah. this product that ended up selling like $2,000 worth of product. <laughs> 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 so that's another huge lesson, right? Yeah. So number one, like get off your ass and start moving. Like just do it today. Like it doesn't cost you anything to start writing sales copy, right? right. Go watch great VSLs, go watch, read some great sales letters, just start trying. You yeah. have to do it in order to be able to do it. And then the second component of that is uh, don't invest all your time and money in the product. Like, I'm so sorry. I want people to have good products, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take that long to build a really good product. And most people are overwhelmed if you over-deliver. Right, right, yeah. You want, you want to deliver good stuff, but you don't want to over-deliver to the point where they're like, I don't even know it's where to start. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's a, that's a great point. Right. That's like when I, when I started Copy Chief and – 
opened up the doors, I, I had this feeling like, oh, it's got to be a ton of stuff in there. <laughs> right. and, and I realized, no, like, that's not what people want is a ton more stuff. They don't right. want to come in and sit and read all day. They want action. They want attention. They want engagement. And uh, it's funny to me that you had the thing that I usually tell people when I give similar advice to you're giving. It's like, look, don't build the product until you know exactly what people want. I right. think the irony here is that you had that dialogue. You knew what people kind of wanted, but rather than test out ideas first, you did what a lot of people do. That instinct is I got to create this badass product. And then you find out it's not exactly what people wanted ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you what the product was. We made, I made a kettlebell product with my brother. Hmm. Right. And I was like, kettlebells, this is such a new thing. It's so awesome. We made this like really high quality, like follow along video. We like had models come out there and work out with us. And we, hmm filmed it for days and worked on the product for months right yeah and then we're like nobody cares like <laughs> if they if they like if they want a kettlebell they're gonna they're gonna buy a kettlebell and they're probably gonna go like a little bit more hardcore we were trying to go like the soft core route and everything. you know what i mean it just nobody really cared i'm like mm. now i feel like we could come up with enough of an angle and we could build some infrastructure to like ship a kettlebell with the dvds and so but we didn't have that infrastructure at the time right, right. so we were like dude everybody who owns a kettlebell is gonna want this and like nobody did right <laughs> so 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 anyway, so yeah, so I spent a lot of time kind of spinning my wheels initially, and then I just kind of took a pausing moment and was like, you know, I need to go back to the basics, and I literally took like a flip video camera, and I shot exactly what I did with my clients for, hey, here's all the lower body exercises and the progressions I use, here's all the upper body exercises and progressions, here's all the ab exercises and progressions, and I started by writing a sales letter for um, like a warm-up product, because I saw there was a, a gap in the market for that, and um uh, that's another lesson I think I should put out mm -hmm. there. Is like if you're in a competitive industry, don't be an exact copycat. You want to model people, right. but you want to have something that is complementary but non-competitive. Right. So if somebody like, especially like if you're in affiliate marketing, like I was really got the, the source of my traffic was from from affiliate traffic. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has like a fat loss twenty minute workout three days a week. You don't want to come in with like, hey, bro, I, I got this fat loss workout 20 minutes, three days a week, right? Can you promote it? Because they're going to be like, well, fuck, man, I already sold them this. I but if got like, one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you're like, hey, man, I got this warm-up that you can do in 10 minutes that's going to help people get stronger and improve their flexibility, mm. reduce the risk of injuries, and strengthen their core, they can put that before your workout. Now you have a complimentary but non-competitive offer that you can, you, can, you can sell to them. So that was my kickstart was this product called the Warrior Warm-Up, and then I subsequently released like an upper body, a lower body, and an ab product. This is my, like I said, my first gen, like super crappy PDF, like shot on a flip video camera, edited on iMovie, like did it all myself kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And the sales pages weren't super advanced. You know, that's the other thing too, is like you got to sell something if you really want to get online. So what my recommendation is for people getting started is go low price, as low price as you can in industry without being too ridiculous, mm -hmm. because the lower the price, the easier it is to convert people. Right, like plain and simple. So your my point is your sales copy doesn't have to be stellar in order to make sales, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start collecting customers, and where the real value isn't really making money on the front end, the real value is making money on the back end in a business. So the more customers you collect, the more money you can make over the long haul on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. So I really think that people who are beginners and who have traffic that's not paid need to start with low priced offers. And really small kind of front ends, as low as you can go while still getting somebody to promote it and not feel like they're just giving you uh, emails. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, and then, and then really optimizing the upsell funnel because that's where the low price products, if you have a great upsell funnel, you can, you can make them like double their money on the back end. And then they'll be like, wow, and they'll want to send you more traffic because of it. Man, that's great. That's a great lesson. 
Tyler, talk a little bit about what makes a good upsell. And if anybody's listening, if that's a new term to them, which it shouldn't be, but some people could be really new to this. Upsell means that, you know, somebody uh, takes your low dollar offer. So in Tyler's case, it might like, be this warm up. Here's how to warm up. So you prevent injuries, get more out of your workout. Maybe that's a, what, a $27 offer. Right. And then the next, once they buy that, they'll be offered something for like $97. Uh, and then maybe from there, even some maybe like a um, support or a community with an ongoing fee. And that's where the real money's made. Talk about what makes an effective upsell offer. What are the what are the good and bad versions of an upsell? Well, I mean, just generally speaking, if you're like a beginner, um, the, the upsell just needs to be a way to get results faster. You know, so like, yeah. let's say I sell a, a workout PDF. Right? Here's a workout you can do like blah, blah, blah. There's some magical hook to it. Right. And um, here and they buy the workout. And then the next thing I can say is, hey, like, you know, did you know that most people don't ever read the books that land on their shelves? You know, like 96% of books never get read. And like, ask yourself this question, like, um, have you read all the books that you've ever purchased? And unfortunately, I bet you the answer is no. And that's why I took every single exercise from this book and I put it on video and I walk you by the hand through every single exercise, every single workout and show you exactly how to use this program so you can get the best results possible. All you got to do is click the link below and just add it to your order for $49 and we'll go ahead and add all the video packages. You know what I mean? Like that's really simple, right? I just gave you guys a really good template from going from PDF to video. That's one of our best – our best upsells. Another way is if you have a video on the front and you can go to hard copy on the back end. Hey, you know, why don't you get a DVD set and a book shipped to your door? Those mm-hmm. are very successful as well. And then another complimentary thing on top of that is like, hey, you know, once you, uh, once you use these workouts and you start seeing your body transform, you're going to feel really good. But don't you think you need, you're going to need a diet that goes along with it? Mm-hmm. Right? So we, we went ahead and created the diet that complements the front end. And then like you said, on the very back end, you can have some large package or some trial membership to your coaching community or continuity or something like that. I mean, that's a really basic template yeah. that seems to work over and over again. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll straddle a little bit more advanced if, if you want to, too. We have a very specific um, upsell testing method because even though I just said that this is the basics of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found with upsells, because we do launches where we're getting like 20,000 transactions on the front end, so we're able to split test upsell funnels like six or eight different upsell funnels and we get crazy with them because I, I firmly believe that you can make a lot more revenue testing upsells than you can on the front end mm. because on upsells you might get like a 30% revenue increase on the back end when you start mm-hmm. and you can test that to like 90 or 100. Wow. So now you've tripled the back end revenue. You, have you ever tried tripling front end conversion? Right. It doesn't forget exist. About it. Right? Right. Yeah, right. forget about it. You get like <laughs> maybe like a percent, right? Like right. maybe a little bit or you know mm. if you factor maybe it's like a 20 or 30 percent bump right if it's like three to four percent or something like that but even that's extremely hard to do right so um what we do is we create when we when we create an offer we create usually a minimum of three different upsell funnels right completely different upsell funnels could be the same offers different pages different styles different hooks different price points whatnot right Mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll split test three of these upsell funnels at the same time and we'll contrast them against each other, not based on conversion of the offer, but simply based on what percentage of revenue increase did it do on the back end. So if it was 10 bucks on the front end, and one funnel does three bucks, one funnel does five bucks, one funnel does seven bucks, the one on the back end of the seven was 70% net revenue increase, and 50% and 30%, right? Mm-hmm. And so we'll split test these three against each other. Then we'll take the winner, the winning upsell flow, and then we'll take the winning offers from all three upsell flows, the highest earning offers per user on all three upsell flows, and we'll order them in reverse order from highest earner to lowest earner, right? So the top three offers in the upsell funnel. And then we'll test that against the winner from upsell test number one. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So then it's, I call it a Frankenstein flow mm. where you just pick and choose which ones that had the most revenue. 
Usually the Frankenstein flow wins, not always, but uh, the Frankenstein flow wins. Then we usually test that against a higher price point variation for the third upsell test, which is just take that exact flow that won and just add 5, 10, 20 bucks to each offer and see if it still makes more money. Hmm. Usually it does again. And then we start working on the stuff where it's page. We start testing buttons. We start testing headlines, things like that. So this is way different than what most people do. Right. Most people just start testing buttons, maybe prices, maybe some headlines, but they're not testing concept. And that's the most important part. And the reason why I say this is because we had like a, a $9 offer and I tested a bunch of upsell funnels and the $67 offer behind the $9 offer ended up being like the winning position for number one. Like it was the game changer. It was the needle mover, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is amazing. I've cracked the code. The only way to make more money on upsells is by having a really high priced front end offer like right behind the initial offer. Mm -hmm. So we did that with our next launch and we went from you know $19 and we tested a 97, a 147 and a 197. And they all flopped. And the one that won was like the $21 flow. So I ultimately realized like there is no predictability to this. The only predictability is data, right? Mm. And so instead of like trying to think that we're all a bunch of wizards and know how to like tap into the pulse of what people really want to buy, right. I say just give them a few different options and let the numbers speak for themselves. So that's, that's what we do. I, I call it C2P2. It's concept, concept, price page. And that's the order we typically test our upsell funnels in. So if you're getting a lot of traffic, um, that's going to that's gonna be a needle mover for your front-end cart value. Wow, bro. See, here's what I love about this conversation. Aside of all the amazing value you're handing us, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, it proves my concept that, you know, the thing that really was like eye-opening to me when I started working with guys like you in the health and fitness space was that, man, I went to a few masterminds. And I'm like, these guys uh, and women are amazing marketers, you know? They're so passionate. They're all great copywriters, and they're 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 testing fanatics. All the stuff you're talking about right now, and I realized it's not. It shouldn't be a surprise because it's just that when you guys decide to do something, you go about it with the same passion and dedication and relentlessness as you do as it takes to get in top physical shape. Sure. Right. Sure. So it's yeah. just a mindset of, well, I'm not worried. I'm just. It's a result. Like that's all that matters. I mean, yeah, yeah you're gonna have to try a bunch of different stuff to get there. Uh, yeah. But man, it's it's funny that you know people think you know muscle guys are, are not the brightest people in the world at all this. I dare you to go to any uh, fitness market or mastermind and see if your your mind isn't blown by, <laughs> by the by the deep level of of you know shares that that happen you know behind those closed doors, man. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of really like I think you're totally right. I think the mindset of having to go through like physical gauntlets, like challenging physical gauntlets, strengthens just your general mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and it doesn't have to be anything like it doesn't have to be anything specific. Like, run a run a marathon if you want to, or do a Spartan race, or like, hey, I want to do a thousand push-ups, or whatever that may be. Like, it's just all it is is just teaching you how to knock down mental barriers and quantify results, mm. right? And right. and that's what's really important is like, hey, work work like a demon. Um, you know, until you've made it, then, then build infrastructure <laughs> so that you don't have to work like a demon. In your <laughs> and then, and then, and then quantify your stuff. Right. Cause like yeah. I, so many of us who, who write copy, build sales funnels and market, like we all, like we all want to think that we have this magic skill of like really understanding what people want to buy. And some of us are better than others at it. But as you know, Kevin, like, um, you write 10 sales letters, four of them are good enough to make money on, you know, warm traffic. Yeah. Uh, five of them you should probably just throw delete on, and one of them's a killer, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so like it's it, people want every single thing they do to be a killer. It's like, come on, there's, there's, it's, there's some degree of quantity to this, you know, or like I have a good friend who, who's doing uh, multiple eight figures in, in the health space and they turn out like a VSL like every few weeks. Right. Mm, and right. he literally he, t- he tells me this. He's like, we don't even test a VSL unless it shows like serious promise. So they'll create a diabetes offer and they'll throw it up there. They'll test some traffic at it. And they'll be like, this isn't worth it. Crumple it up, throw it away. Next mm, project. Right. You know what I mean? There's this like level of like um, of uh, of speed and, and like disassociation with the product itself. That right. Really right. Helps people move forward. And it doesn't you don't have to ditch the product. That's what people got to realize. Like my good friend, uh, West Virgin. Mm-hmm. has this product that he's been trying to sell for like three or four years. And, uh, you know, I had some traffic. I have a fairly substantial email list. So he's a, and he's a buddy of mine. So he kept hitting me out. Hey, I had this, this rendition of the sales letter. And I tested it. I'm like, no, nope, it needs more work, bro. Scrap it. You know, and, and he was the only guy I know who was literally scrapped stuff over and over again to try it again. So he's written this, he's rewritten this thing six times. Wow. Right. And on the sixth time it became fat diminisher. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with fat diminisher, yeah. but, um, it's only a few months old, and it's done millions of dollars, yeah. millions upon millions of dollars. And so he just, I mean, he literally was the exact example of you're only one sales letter away from right. millions of dollars. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. If somebody told you, I'll pay you a million dollars to write six versions of the same offer, <laughs> you'd go, okay, right? But the fact that, so it's about a belief and a faith in that, no, this is real, this will work. Uh, this is better than any other option for me to go make money right now, so I'm going to stay dedicated to it. Well, Kevin, like think about it like this. You know, you, we say six renditions, right? Like, even if you're not even that great of a copywriter, what if I told you you wrote 30 VSLs, right. a millionaire? Right, right, you know, right. I mean, like, well, go write 30 VSLs. It, right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so many people get so hung up on one idea or one as if another idea is never going to come, right? right. Or they got to write the one perfect sales letter or they want to handwrite other people's sales letters uh, forever. Oh you I, know, mean, I love that. That's so funny because somebody asked me today, like, what did you do to study copy? And I was like, well, I mean, I sold people face to face and I looked at like the best, I'd watch a best VSL or whatever. I'd get a transcript and I'd read through it. And I'd ask myself why on every – so I would, I would study these things. Yeah, yeah. But the, the most substantial thing I've done is two things. One, write a bunch of sales letters and VSLs and everyone gets a little bit better for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then two, when you get your email list, write an email every day and treat it like a sales letter. So you get daily mm-hmm. practice writing anywhere between mm-hmm. 300 to 1,000 words every single day. And then use the revenue you earn from that email as your metric for whether you won or lost. Wow. Right? You know what I mean? Because if you because if you look at because we do a lot of third party promotions, right? Mm -hmm. So we promote like this guy's offer and that guy's offer and this guy's offer, right? So I'll go to the sales page and I'll comb through it. I'll be like, what's the magic sauce here, right? Mm -hmm. What's the what's the what's the amazing hook and the amazing thread that weaves itself through here that's going to take somebody from email to customer, right? Yeah. And I'll I'll take my best guess at it and I'll write a creative about that. And if I guessed right, I make a lot of money. If I guessed wrong, I don't. But it gives me feedback. Right. Yeah, and if you yeah. want to get crazy, write two emails every day with different hooks and then you'll be able to split test against yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's again, what, in the in the bigger picture, what is that a bad gig? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the hardest part, I love what you said about you just have to start and people go, well, if I don't have a product, what am I writing about? Practice <laughs> writing about a product you like. Yeah, it, yeah, you know, totally. it's, it's it's all the information you need to write good copy is there. It's just you got to move the damn pencil if you're ever going to get good. 
Yeah. And, and like you said, the key thing too, Tyler, that I, I preach all the time, it's not about studying great copy. And Gary Bensavenga is the one who gave me this great advice. It's about studying great copy and saying, what's one thing I would change to make that I think would make this convert even better? Right. Because you have to train your own critical thinking about how, how do you market? What are your instincts? You have to develop those as much as you right. do just practicing. Well, that speaks to something that I feel like people ignore and that it's really important, Kevin, is developing your own style. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned in the beginning, like I remember when I first launched our abs offer, I, I passed the copy by you and you looked at it and you're like, OK, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. Like there's a lot in here that, that like shouldn't work. Yeah. based on traditional copywriting like you know rules and, and ideas but I feel like it's a good sales letter regardless like I feel you, you told me like I, I don't know it might work I think that was your exact words, right <laughs> yeah and, and I'm like okay launch right and we just launched that thing and and since then it's been like a year and like a few months and we have a cold traffic VSL working on that offer now that's wow. a slight variation of the sales letter and we've done like maybe 1.5 million on that offer and 40,000, 50,000 transactions. That's I mean, awesome. It's, it's yeah. crazy. And so, so, it, so anyone listening who doesn't understand, I mean, the difference between converting on what we call endorsed traffic, which is somebody, you know, that, who has a list of people who believe in what they say, says you should go check out Tyler's thing. It's awesome. He's awesome. Compared to cold traffic, which is they know nothing about you. They're on right. Facebook or somewhere and you get them to click onto your sales page and it's the first they're hearing about any of this and then they're compelled to buy. Huge difference. Yeah. So the fact that you have it converting on cold, I mean, like that's that's the the pinnacle in marketing. That's yeah. Everybody wants that problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. Everybody wants that problem. I'll tell you the the honest truth. Like you know, I would say that our our current VSL is like really good. It might even be great, but it's not quite a killer yet. And that's simply because we haven't found the upsell funnel that can take the cart value to where it needs to be. Hmm. Like we can buy cold traffic, like just target women over 45 on Facebook and they will go to our lander, they will go to our VSL and they will buy and we'll make a profit on it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then the downside of this is, is that we're not making enough of a profit on it in order to justify buying even more media. So we've, mm-hmm. we've spent a few hundred thousand dollars on traffic right now, but we're not at like the, the million dollars a month towards <laughs> traffic phase, that, you know, like the pinnacle you hear and stuff like right. that. So, but it's also getting more competitive to buy media these days for for health and fitness offers, and bigger companies are able to, you know, they have deeper pockets and better cash flow. So it's definitely a challenging, thing. not to mention Facebook just hates um, direct response marketers. I know, I know, like, I know. It's a shame. So, so yeah, but yeah, cold traffic. I mean, generally speaking, is like five to ten times less conversion. You know, so if you got like a three percent conversion on your VSL to like somebody saying, "Hey, check out this VSL." Uh, I mean, they would never say that in an email, but but you get the idea. Sending right. sending qualified traffic, it's going to be like 0.3% conversion on on media, you know? Right, right, uh, right. Amazing. Yeah, that it, that's the thing about you is there's something about the way you communicate that's just uniquely you. And that's right. why when I read that, I'm like, a lot of people I would tell that just no, I wouldn't do this. But with you, it's I don't know what it is. It's just <laughs> it's a genuineness to it, you know? Right, right. Uh, and that's a really, I think, the key you said about finding your voice is you have to kind of trust that and go, ah, this, you know, yes, study study what's worked and then make sure you do your thing. Uh, it's right. the only way to really stand out and make an impact. Yeah. All right, Tyler, this has been amazing. I, I don't know how you can top all the incredible information you shared already. But, I, <laughs> but I'm going to directly ask you what I call the essential question of the show uh, and see if you have a, a separate answer than you've already, you've already given us so much. But what is the one thing that you've tried in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? 
Well, I mean, I had I had not done anything for so long that probably the most compelling thing was kind of embrace the fear. And I'll, I'll get to a real marketing tip after this, but I think this is super valuable because more people are struggling to get started than are struggling to shift the needle a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that people are afraid of like being in business for themselves. They're afraid of taking risks of, you know, driving some paid traffic to their offers and kind of analyzing the data. They're, they're afraid of so many different things that, that, that prevent them from actually moving forward, right? Actually taking action on right. this stuff. And I feel like, you know, like a simple thing would be, you know, I, I'm a guy who has a bunch of offers and who can drive traffic and who has back-end infrastructure. Like let's say a copywriter from your community came to me and said, hey, I rewrote your VSL. If there's a conversion bump on this variation, would you be willing to split 50-50 profits with me? I'd be all over that. You know what I mean? Like people got to realize that there's like one of the biggest bottlenecks for people in our industry is good copywriters. Right. So this is a call for copywriters. So like if you're afraid, like don't be afraid. Like I said, like if you have a laptop and a, a word program, like that's all you need. Yeah. Right. And, and then a little bit of determination and, and some work ethic to get the job done, you know, and, and that's like really all you need to do. So like embrace the fear. It's okay to be afraid. Like if you have a day job, if you have a side job, whatever it is. Just find a couple hours each day to, to work on what your actual dream is. You know what I mean? That's great. Yeah. You can, you'll, you'll die one day and you'll look back and be like, God damn it, I wish I didn't do that sooner. That's you right. I mean? And that, that's the truth. And it's like Craig Ballantyne says. I mean, wake up 15 minutes earlier. It's just a, that's it. 15 right. minutes. Right. There's the tiny little things in your mm-hmm. life that make mm-hmm. a huge difference in that respect. And then with, with regard to marketing, I think the biggest change up was really working on becoming emotionally detached from what I thought was going to work and becoming really, really like attached to the numbers mm. because the numbers don't lie, right? Every day we send an email promotion, the numbers are going to tell me whether my people are interested in what we had to offer or not, right? Every time I launch a product, the numbers are going to tell me whether or not I wrote that sales letter in the most compelling way or not, which is why like nowadays we do several variations of everything. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, concept, 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 concept. It's not about... Uh, like I changed the headline and it got a 1% conversion on the front mm-hmm. boost. You know what I mean? That's after you've proven that your concept works. You want a winning concept that you can turn into a killer. You don't want like an okay concept that you can turn into good. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So when you, when you talk about concept, you mean, so for instance, with your uh, most successful letter, the idea that, you know, you, you framed it around your daughter's birth and, and right. all the drama that happened there. Right. Yeah. Well, so a better, a better contrast. Cause like that one's working right now. We've mm-hmm. gone through some phases and you know, it, it was, it was good and we made it great. Right. Yeah. Um, our CT 50 letter, mm-hmm. uh, which has done well, it's you know, half a million or maybe, maybe 700,000 bucks over the last couple of years, uh, is done well, which actually you, you wrote the first rendition of, mm-hmm. um, uh, it did really well. But now we're creating a completely different concept because it's just not like we're not going to be able to get that letter to cold traffic territory. Right. You know what I mean? So we have to take create a completely different concept. Right. So the completely different concept is is like instead of sharing this, uh, the story in that one is like Milo and the bull and like how he used to carry the calf on his back. And the progressive resistance is what really helped him develop like what Grecians call the greatest body of all time. And so we created like this progressive movement workout system to help you create, the, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Right. And, and this this progression is really going to be more like emotionally attached to like a life story because that's what we've seen succeed. And it's kind of my style of of writing. Right. Right. And so this is like the whole. I get hit by a car and my knees not functioning properly and I travel the world searching through uh, all the top people and I realize that there's one thing 
that uh, that basically everybody does, and that's progression. And you know, I, I basically share like the seven lies of the fitness industry throughout the sales letter, which is great because you have a VSL and you can say, "I'm going to share with you seven lies." Yeah. And then like ten minutes in, you're like, "Oh, the seventh one is the most important. Stay tuned for that." And then at the very end, after all the pitches, you say, "Oh, I almost forgot to share with you the most important lie <laughs> of all time." And you know, we have I think the ending to that one is like the most important mistake I should say it's not a lie like the most important mistake people make is having the knowledge and not taking action <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't let that happen to you <laughs> yeah, I won't let that happen to you god damn it I'll do anything in my power to let that happen. So, yeah so I mean so like so that's what I mean by concept right if I just sort of I expanded on that pretty broadly but yeah. it's a completely different sales letter we're yeah. not testing like oh a slight variation of the story or like yeah. a little pitch section like you've got it you've got to get your stuff to good before you can make it great. And if it's not good when you start rolling it out, like, I think you need to hit the drawing board. You know what I mean? And that, that's uncomfortable for people, for people because you might take a week, a month, whatever, to write a sales letter. Yeah, they get really, really married to it, yeah. Yeah, tossing that in the trash is, is not good, but get a completely different hook. Like, for the abs offer, we had this whole, you know, baby thing and the progression and how I met the doctor and stuff. That was in the original sales letter. Right. Then we were like, we need a stronger, more compelling hook because I think – I'll give you just one more needle mover because I'm on a roll here. Uh, <laughs> start thinking about the ad first or the email that's going to drive the traffic first, mm. right? Because if you have a sales letter that's really – like this sales letter was good. It was all this story about a baby and like how the baby's uh, core progresses. So really it's built into your DNA. If you do these movements properly, you reactivate your core, which shrinks your waistline, improves your posture, heals your back pain, blah, 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 blah. And it was good. It did really good. Mm -hmm. But it was missing that hook element, that mm -hmm. element where I can write an email that's super simple that will drive ass loads of traffic to an offer and make people want to watch it. So what we did is we added one of the exercises that Dr. Vager, who's the, my partner on that product, teaches in the actual program that's a 23-second waist-shrinking trick you can do from your couch, mm -hmm. right? So now we have ads all over the place, right? Like uh, ads and emails like shrink your waist by Monday. Hey, what if I could share with you a 23-second trick created by a doctor that you could do while sitting on your couch that will shrink your waistline, improve your posture, and, and, uh, and, and get rid of back pain? Wouldn't you be interested? Click this link, right? Now all of a sudden we have like a really awesome hook in right. conjunction with a great lead-in, a great story, a great aha moment, a great product pitch, and a great close. You know what I mean? Right. And, and just like a little side note too is this is a data this is a data thing we put the 23 second trick in the VSL about two thirds into it right before the pitch kind of helping to give a little before we ask for something mm -hmm. and what we saw was a dramatic drop off in mm -hmm. attendance on the video after we shared the trick right like they said I got my trick I'm out interesting right? yeah and so as we took that out of the middle we shifted it to the end and we polished out the the curve in the middle right there and at the very end we say oh by the way since I want to show you that I'm a man of my word I still want to teach you that 23 second trick <laughs> and all of a sudden our attendance went like, like 3% across the board so it went from like wow. an average of like 21% to like 24% across the board so I mean the thing about VSLs is if you get them to the end of the video like 20% of the people are going to buy right right, right yeah. that is just get them to the end that's of the video that's the challenge right yeah right. get them to watch the whole damn thing <laughs> well open loops are one of the most powerful tools yeah. we have for that so that's that's, that's a great that's share right there because you sure. want to be cool and give them, like you said, you know, say, hey, I don't want to make you sit and, you know, go crazy for this. But it's kind of what it takes if you want to, what we call control the pitch. That's why video sales letters are amazing is f finally we get to control how we share the information with people, which we believe to be the most effective and compelling way. Whereas, you know, on a text sales letter, we know that people are scrolling around and, and skimming and not okay. hearing at all what we need to, to tell them. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to find a coder who can figure out how to not allow mobile to scroll, right? Because yeah, that's one of the problems. Yeah. When we look at those forms and w- with the 23-second trick, we had so much mobile traffic that uh-huh. we could tell that people, like more people are watching middle segments than throughout the whole thing. So it's these, it's these mobile people just scrolling through. Where's this fucking 23 second <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm like, God, we got to be able to crack that code somehow and not <laughs> let them slide that little bar over, you know? I know it. But that's a good problem to have is that they want it so bad that you've, you've created such curiosity <laughs> that they can't stand it. They're willing to yeah. sit there and scroll. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's, well, that's a whole other conversation. But right. how much of your traffic is coming off of mobile on first contact now? Like, are you in the 70s, 80s, like a lot of people? Um, I don't know if it's that high. So we, we have two different cold traffic sources. Like if we're doing a launch, it's roughly like 55 to 60% is coming from mobile. Mm-hmm. If we're running cold traffic, the majority, like I would say 90% or more, I'm not the media buyer, so I'm just kind of, I'm pulling my rough stats out of my ass here. Mm-hmm. I'd say the majority of it is is mobile. So like 90% of the traffic is female mobile mm-hmm. um, on, on, uh, on Facebook. And then we do a lot of like email drops, first party and third party. And that probably pans out a little bit more like the launches where there's about 50, 50, yeah. 50 60, 40 mobile versus uh, desktop. So yeah, that's another, that's a really good point. Just to side note, like make your shit mobile friendly. We always split traffic. So mm-hmm. like when somebody lands on our desktop page and they land on our mobile page, each page is different. Sometimes you have to augment images to make sense out of them on mobile. Cause yeah. if it like the way I like to write long form sales letters is the long story, which is if you read every word on the page, there's this long story. Mm-hmm. Then the short story, which means if you just read the he- headlines in, in order, you'd still know exactly what the story is. Yeah. And then the final story is that subconscious story of the images, right? So if you were to have no words on the page whatsoever, you could go through the page and be like, Oh, like he's going to the hospital. Oh, there's a nurse there and he's like super bummed. Oh, like his baby and his wife. Oh my God. Look at this baby's like doing this weird activation thing. <laughs> like you'd, you'd like understand the story as right. you with the video, with the images. The problem is on desktop, you can do really wide pixeled images. And if you have those on mobile, they shrink up to the point where you can't even see them. Mm. So a lot of times we have to vertically stack images on mobile in order to get them to make sense on a mobile platform. So like take your time with mobile. Like make sure if, if you're, if you're a part of the design element of the, of the, of the sales page of the funnel, right? Like, don't just go with like, oh, this this is a it's a mobile friendly theme, you know what I mean? Because I've yeah. had mobile friendly themes, and I look at my fucking no. cell yeah. phone, just destroyed. Right, exactly. Uh, no, and the traffic's y- coming from mobile, so get them optimized. You know? Yeah. Until now, I think it, it, no, there's no solution other than doing them by hand, like hand optimizing. Yeah, uh, it's you've got to. We just split the traffic, but we just have a mobile variation and a regular variation, and honestly, that's how we can split upsell traffic because mm. people who are on mobile aren't probably going to watch all the upsell videos the same way that people are on desktop are going to watch the autoplay videos. So you have to, I mean, that's, that's what you're talking about. Fanatical testing. And you ask me for needle movers, it comes down to the data, right? Mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. you're not a data head, like that's the problem with a lot of copywriting is that you have this very artistic yeah. brain, this very creative brain, right. and you're not necessarily a data person. Right. And so find a data person to partner with. Like mm-hmm. one of my good friends, Sean Hadsel, who yeah. you know, is yeah. a great copywriter, mm-hmm. but he's not really a data guy. So he partnered with a data guy. And the data guy runs a bunch of his business and tracks the numbers and runs a split test. And, and Sean just comes up with the great copyright ideas. Yeah. So if you're looking to build your own business and you want to really do it that way, find somebody who has your, has your weaknesses in, 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 in their strengths. It's a great point. Tyler Bramlett. Wow, dude, man, you like so over delivered on this call, <laughs> just like you do in your products and your marketing. Can't thank you enough for taking your time uh, to be with us today. Sure, man. Uh, it was fun. Wh- where's the one place people should go to engage with you? Oh, man, I'm like nowhere. You can't engage with me. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mystery man behind the curtain. Yeah, you're, you're not like, you know, 
so well, what's what? Where can they, they at least go see these sales letters that we've been yeah. talking about? Go to garagewarrior.com. That's like our main faux blog. I call it a faux blog because it's just some some article landers that basically all go to their abs our abs video. Okay. Um, and if you want to like you know if you want to buy the abs product and, and check out the funnel behind it and then get on the email list and see how we kind of do email marketing, we do some pretty special stuff out there too. Feel free. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push your money away. Um, and then, you know, like, just keep your eyes peeled. Like one of the things that our goals for 2016 is to basically take all the infrastructure we've built around the health vertical and launch like a financial and a marketing vertical. Cause obviously this is something I'm very passionate about, something I really enjoy. And we actually already have our first product hundred percent done. We hosted a mastermind in August and it just blew up and became like just this amazing email marketing event with some of the top guys there, Andre Chaperone and mm. Joel Marion, Mike Geary, Beyond Diet. Um, like Ben Settle, like a ridiculous amount of amazing people there. And everybody was pretty stoked and impressed. And people have made literally millions of dollars extra after that uh, using the concepts that we taught. Wow. And so we're going to share, we're going to create a PDF out of this and then, you know, upsell it to the video uh, access, you know, to the actual mastermind. And then, I don't know, we'll see, we, considering doing our own version of the mastermind where we basically do what I'm doing here with you, except for tear apart people's products and funnels and really help them get, uh, uh, get to like those needle movers, you know, I really yeah. want people to have those needle movers. Cause even though like a lot of these guys in the fitness space are really great at what they do. Um, I feel like there's still a lack of people who are able to make cold traffic work and I'm not like the best at it, but we're certainly, we're certainly getting there. And I'm, when I set my sight on something, it gets done. So we'll, we'll, we'll be a, we'll be a monster of that before you know it. Awesome. So garagewarrior.com, get yep. on, click, Click around there, get on the list, and see see the the magic behind the method here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome, sure. Tyler. Really appreciate this. I hope we do it again soon. Cool, man. Awesome. Anytime. Take care, bro. See you. Hey, thanks for listening to another fine episode of the Truth About Marketing podcast. I do appreciate your time. I know you have lots of choices. And if you're loving this podcast, I'm loving having you listen to it. And let's celebrate our relationship, won't we, with a review <laughs> a five-star review on iTunes.com. You know, that's how they judge these things, right? iTunes looks at how many people rate and review your podcast, and then they decide if it's worthy of telling other people about. So if you think this is a good podcast and you think other people like you should hear it, if you go to iTunes and rate and review the show, that's the best way to get the word out. Really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about how to improve your copy. You can do that on the inside at copychief.com and visit copychief.com forward slash T-A-M to get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode. The Truth About Marketing podcast is produced by James Clouser, graphics by Cassie Clouser, and the bullets for this show, so handily displayed for you, written by Dan Ludgater. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.